0: Right, a lot to talk about. It's Wednesday, time for another edition of Weatherwise, a podcast here from 47 ABC. WMDT, I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich wordick this week with meteorologist Ulysses Garcia. Ulysses, man, a lot going on here. We switch seasons and it seems like everything is just all happening at once, weatherwise. We knew that would happen, right? No, yeah. And uh, <laughs> this I, I say that because if you've been listening to the podcast, earlier episodes we talked about how calm the atlantic hurricane season had been to the point where you know we were setting records for or at least coming close to setting records for how quiet it had been and now everything has seemed to explode as we had imagined passing the peak of the season and really gearing up here for a busy end of september early october we got a lot to track we just got done with hurricane fiona which didn't impact us here locally in delmarva other than the rip currents we had some yeah. issues with that from the swells but one of them made landfall in canada Right.
1: Yeah, in Canada, definitely, you know, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, New that area got, uh, you know, the, the 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 pressure of the storm was down to, uh, you know, like down to 930 millibars. So definitely, you know, record setting for Canada. And and the fact that it, when it made landfall in Fiona, it wasn't a hurricane. It was still a post-tropical cyclone. But what was interesting was it still had hurricane force winds. So still category one, even category two hurricane winds as it was making landfall in Nova Scotia. So it was really just a powerful storm as it just raced. Um, you know, from Bermuda all the way up towards them. And uh, really just, you know, just a, a mess of a storm, Just you know, with the fact that it brought so much damage in Puerto Rico and then eventually into Canada.
0: And I saw, um, and I'm sure you did too on social media, horrible scenes out of Canada where yeah. the surge coming in was so pronounced that it was literally taking houses and pulling them back into the water, sweeping them off their foundations. In areas that, although they prepare for coastal storms like this, uh, post-hurricane or post-tropical systems that come in from the south they don't prepare for like you said the hurricane force winds that type of storm surge that is um kind of unheard of for that far north um as far as latitude is concerned you know and for those uh, listening at home you know if you were to look on a map here that part of canada further northeast than even maine and new england so we're talking about pretty far north uh, for a storm to maintain those characteristics, characteristics as it made landfall in uh, that portion of Canada. So, Fiona was a problem, as Elise said, causing all that destruction in Puerto Rico and then uh, making its way up into Canada. So, as soon as Fiona was starting to make that turn north, we started following another system that took its time developing and was a while before it even had a name. But now we're looking at Hurricane Ian, right?
1: Yeah, Ian, Ian, and you know, I mean, you know, went uh, went through Cuba, you know, and now going through Cuba, and now it's already in the Gulf, and that's really where the rapid intensification is going. Uh, But then the track of Ian is what's interesting about it is that it's actually going to slow down. It's kind of going to be almost a crawl making landfall towards Florida, which will be some good news in the aspect that it will weaken it. However, though the damages will last a lot longer, and that's all associated with the fact that there's a frontal system that's coming in um, from the north. Um, so that's really the big playmaker that's also that's one of the reasons that's going to help it weaken but also one of the reasons why it's slowing down
0: yeah and you you were mentioning weakening as it slows down it's a catch-22 as it slows down you know it's taking advantage of the really warm water in the gulf that 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 these hurricanes need to continue to strengthen that bathtub type temperature but as those hurricanes sit over the same areas and slow down that water um, begins to cool because of upwelling basically with all of the high winds and the wave action that colder deep sea water gets brought to the surface so the overall surface temperature of the water starts to drop and that cuts off the fuel for the storm so as we're looking at the track here and again we're recording this here going into uh late monday here for the podcast for wednesday but we're looking at the early track here toward florida we see that uh, it's scheduled to become a Category Four storm, and then dropping down to Category Two before it makes landfall. The forecast that is going forward here. So that's an idea there with the upwelling that you were talking about, or that uh, we were looking at in past storms. But what you were talking about, Ulysses, with that frontal system coming in, providing shear, yeah. directional shear of wind, and uh, that basically in speed shear too, that uh, essentially cuts off the top of the thunderstorm clouds that surround the core of these tropical systems. And we'll see that happen with Ian. But another thing that will be happening here as it makes its way into the Southeast, it will start to push moisture in our direction. Correct. Here in the mid-Atlantic, the Southeast up to the mid-Atlantic set to get some beneficial rains. We really need some rain this time of the year. This is how we get sometimes the bulk of our rain in September and October from landfalling systems like this. But there's gonna be some extra issues, right?
1: Yeah, and the thing is like, Uh, You know, I talked about it during the weekend, just, you know, the track of Ian, but obviously, um, you know, where this makes landfall, because I know the models are still, I've been noticing throughout the weekend how the models were, you know, at one point they were shifting west on Saturday, but then on Sunday they started shifting more towards the east, and it looks like on Monday it's kind of continuing that same trend, and depending how this track goes, that's also really going to determine the other effects besides rain, and that's really, Uh, The wind, coastal flooding, and then even severe weather when it comes to the aspect of tornadoes, especially if we're in that right front quadrant. And that's what most of Florida will be. As it does, as it goes through this snail pace uh, scenario here. So it's not going to be just rain and coastal flooding for Florida. It's also going to be severe weather, and that eventually will become a concern as it makes its way up towards the southeast and even towards us. For us, it will be a weekend event into Monday, but the fact that is, as long as this system continues, the center of circulation continues towards the west of Del Marva, we will have that potential for severe weather as we go into the weekend.
0: And, you know, last couple of systems over the few years, the past few years here yeah. at Del Marva, that's been what we've dealt with, essentially, is the severe weather.
1: And ironically, it's ironic. We had Isaias, which was also tornadoes. We also had a tornado associated when it comes to the remnants of Ida. And ironically, look at the lot of the alphabet We're in another I storm. So third straight year. So it looks like. Looks like we might be going for the third straight year with a chance of severe weather from an I-remnant storm. And
0: um, you look at um, the past where hurricane names get retired because they've either been so strong or they've been so catastrophic for, you know, damage and unfortunate um, loss of life. That yeah. will that will get a hurricane name retired. And we've seen, I think of all the letters, I is the letter that has, if not the most or close to the most yeah. of retired names, at least in modern time. And when I say modern time, the past couple decades. So, um, and it makes sense. We're at the time of the year that that we're one of the most active time of the year, active times of the years. And this is a situation that um, for us, yeah, the last couple of storms that have brought these uh, type of situations to us have been eye storms. And this looks like it's going to be another one, at least from the standpoint of giving us some type of an effect. Now, whether or not we see the severe weather, that will come down to the day-to-day track as we go into the weekend. Yeah. And there are going to be some other factors involved in that as far as instability is concerned. But when these storms make landfall, it's important to note they're interacting with land systems that already are in place in the whole larger weather scheme of the weather pattern overall over top of the United States. So we talked about the coastal flooding, this interacting with an area of high pressure. That kind of battle between the two of them will really determine, I think, ultimately how much damage we see as far as coastal flooding. And that's going to be something we have to watch out for as you mentioned here a few minutes ago. But uh, with that storm continuing to move slowly inland, of course, the heavy rain potential. I'm looking ahead, um, day seven here, and I know that's still far out. And again, we're recording this on a Monday, so this is going to change daily. But since we're talking about it, looking ahead, the potential for a couple of inches of rain, at least here in Del Marba, And those totals, of course, increase the further south toward the track of the storm because of all that subtropical and tropical moisture that's going to be pulled in from that storm and set in our direction. So it'll be interesting to see how much we get out of this. I think everyone's going to be happy, at least from that component, because I know what the last couple thunderstorm events we've had here across Del Marva, and we've been saying it over and over, There's just not been enough rain. And in most cases, it hasn't been widespread enough, right?
1: No, yeah, it's been very isolated. And I mean, even this past Sunday, you know, on Sunday, we're, We did have a few severe thunderstorm warnings that came through, but the pockets were just very isolated and even some of the showers itself, they weren't that strong. So like, I know Salisbury kind of missed out on everything. Kind of everything was around Salisbury um, this time around, but yeah, we just needed like an actual widespread pocket of kind of even that rain across the area. Um, And especially the fact that we're, you know, we're getting ready to go into the winter months where really rainfall amounts, um, you know, really begin to decrease, especially November. November is actually our driest uh, month of the year. And I know we've had a couple of Novembers over the last few years where November has really stood out for being very bone dry here. So um, we're really kind of in a way kind of running out of time here to get a, a good rain in, you
0: know? And that this looks like this will be our opportunity. So um, I think from that standpoint, you take the good with the bad, and, you know, any tropical system typically ends up being more bad than good. But in this scenario, it's the type of rain that we need, and I yeah. think we're going to get into that. And, you know, officially now, we're talking about a fall system, right? Autumnal equ- Equinox happening last week.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, we, so, yeah, we had the autumnal Equinox, and I like how the fact that the moment we finally officially switched astronomical seasons, the weather... Finally changed here on Del Mar, but finally the A.C. was finally turned off. Uh, windows were open. Temperatures, uh, you know, we finally are dealing with now a stretch of weather. We're mostly in the 70s, um, and it's been gorgeous. Low humidity. This past weekend on Saturday, we got down into the mid-40s. We were only 5 degrees away from the record low in Salisbury, so we got down to 44 degrees. First time we were in the 40s since May 9th for everybody, so it just felt, you know, you can feel the chill in the air. It definitely feels like that type of weather for football, and and everything is just um, definitely autumn. And it looks like it's going to stick around. We're going to deal with more of those 70s here. And and like Rich said, though, you know, with the fact that we have E in here, a lot of the things that you got to understand with these tropical systems is that you're going to get a calm before the storm, and it feels like along the eastern seaboard, we're really going to get a calm before the storm, and that means pretty much through Friday, we're really going to have this nice stretch of weather where it's a little too nice and then the weather is really just going to turn 180 on us by the time we go into the weekend
0: yeah and you could actually partially thank fiona for this calm before the storm ironically speaking because this this storm was so large as it made its way into canada on the back side of it it only helped to encourage a northerly flow that reinforced this fall air that moved in when fall actually started last week but it encouraged that northerly flow to continue on the backside of that storm to set us up for what you're talking about here through the next couple of days really settling into that fall weather as this new storm ian is coming in from the south kind of to replace that calm that you're talking about and it's very typical it's the battle between high and low pressure typically high pressure is very calm weather system and that's what's in place right now uh, in the wake of fiona essentially moving in in the northeastern quadrant of uh, the united states aka north america essentially yeah and then this storm coming in from the gulf will eventually replace that area of high pressure but that battle between the two will start to increase the wind field and eventually the low pressure system itself brings us the rain so it's kind of weather 101 if you're a weather geek at home really get into the mechanics of how weather works this is a typical surface map situation just a little uh, i guess uh uh you know a little active if yeah. you will um compared to how far we've been or how long we've come here into the end of summer into early fall we really haven't had the battle of these systems for quite some time
1: yeah it's like you said like you know it's been really quiet here i mean i think like we've got to go back to may when even here on del maro we really had like a lot of active weather with all the severe weather we had so this is pretty much pretty much going to be our most active weather we've had pretty much i would say since since May, yeah, um, when we had like you know good amount of you know when we had the hail storms and everything here and the wind, uh, you know wind storms that we had back in May and June, so definitely, uh, definitely, definitely an active event coming here.
0: And season of transition as we look at uh, fall, just like spring, we're transitioning slowly toward the chilly air of winter, of course. But you know with uh, fall starting, you actually had a really cool thing you put on the website on our weather blog. You want to talk about that real quickly?
1: Well, yeah. When it comes to the the weather blog, yeah, I mean, I talked about how the fact that you know we're we're losing you know we're losing daylight already, uh, and you can already tell that just because of the fact that we're going we go outside, we're already dealing with temperature. We're already starting to see the sun already going down before uh, 7 p.m. We're also dealing with the fact that you know fall foliage. Um, the fall foliage is definitely going to be an interesting one this year, just because of the fact that we have been in these dry conditions we've had. Um, especially in the months of August and September, that's really um, usually when it comes to drought, that usually allows for the leaves to fall earlier, but they're also less vibrant and they also tend to be a shorter window. so normally here on Del Marva, we tend to see our leaves change more as we go into Halloween and a little bit after Halloween um, going into early November. but we'll see if this actually happens more in October um, you know on del Marva, but um, when it comes to also other stuff in fall, we really see those temperatures really take a big dive. Um, especially when it comes to our high temperatures, we'll be close to 80 during the equinox. But By the time we make our way towards the winter solstice, we'll already be making a way right around 50 degrees. So like every month, uh, we lose about a good eight to nine degrees on the high temperature from, you know, every single month from September all the way through December. Our low temperatures, ironically, though, they do take a big tumble, especially in the early going, in the early fall. By the time you get to late fall, uh, they tend to kind of even out. Um, We'll actually have a bigger stretch in the 30s for lows as we go into November, and that continues all the way into December. But um really right now as we go into october that's really where we're going to start seeing temperatures um really taking that nosedive
0: yeah we lose the daylight too and and that's usually a delayed effect um whenever you gain or lose daylight on how it really transpires into um, affecting air masses and losing that daylight and of course the sun angle too yeah getting lower and lower in the sky the sun not being as strong in this part of the world uh, we really uh, take that nose dive that you talked about with temperatures i was looking at the beginning of fall where you had on there the average high temperature in the last day of fall it's almost a 30 degree drop between where we're at at the beginning to the end as far as average high temperatures so um, you know last day of fall being at the end of december at that point we've already i think resigned ourselves to the fact that we're going into the cold season for sure and we start worrying about uh, even some elements of snow and some of the coldest temperatures we typically get in this part of the country is January and February. So yeah. um, check that out, by the way. if uh, Ulysses has a nice write up about fall and what to expect here in Delmarva. Check it out at uh, wmdt.com slash weather. Look for the weather section. Go in there, and we have a little tab that says weather blog. Just look for the weather blog. We try to update that at least once a week. Anytime in- anything interesting is happening, a seasonal change, we talk about, of course, the hurricanes that we talk about here on the podcast, but it really allows us to get more in-depth on some weather situations. Anytime we have severe weather, we're able to get a nice write-up on the mechanics and the science behind it. For those of you who want to find out a little more about what's happening, especially when we have a major weather system or situation happen. It's a good area to check out every now and then our weather blog at weather, uh, the weather section at wmdt.com. But I think that's gonna be all for us here this week. We had a lot to talk about and I'm sure next week, we're gonna have a lot more really to recap at that point about Ian and uh, not only the uh, unfortunate impact to the Southeast it will cause, but also the impact to our area. And we'll talk about, of course, what to expect going forward as always we appreciate you uh, taking a chance to listen to us here at uh, weatherwise and downloading the podcast for another edition of weatherwise i'm chief meteorologist rich wordzik with meteorologist ulysses garcia thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next week